everybody. It is uh, last weekend of July and we're hitting the August, what do we want to call it, dog days of summer? No, summer is nothing. Time, a, time means nothing. Time means nothing. This is, we'll talk to our guest Ron Stevens about his Regis memories. Around minute 20, we'll welcome Jim Tudor and talk rebuilding paradise. Around minute 26, she dies tomorrow. Around minute 37, radioactive. Around minute 43, the secret around minute 46 summerland around minute 51 where you can get your specialized masks around minute 53 jim's dvd film noir picks around one hour and one minute emmys and you should have left around one hour and five minutes the muni summer variety hour part three around one hour and 16 minutes hbo's the weight of gold and around one hour and 23 minutes the metro theater pandemic episode well, hi, Carl. The, hi, co- Lynn. the COVID effect. How are you? I'm all right. We have a, we have two guests today. I know we do, and we our... only bring Ron in when someone dies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, but he has a connection. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, your friend and and ours, Everybody's Regis friend. Philbin. Yeah, uh, I've interviewed Regis several times. Corcoran used to do it. J.C. Corcoran used to do a horrible imitation of Regis, but he, that's because he loved Regis so much. And sure. it was J.C.'s imitation was just yelling, but that that was right. Regis got that, excited. Time to do it. You have to yell right. Exactly, like that. <laughs> so so Ron came in uh, encounter with him when he was in New York. New York, and he was was his uh, talk show taken off. Oh, we Joe and I were doing a morning show. For MS Broadcasting, Carl. Yeah. I, I remember. We had the same employer for a while. We did. It was 80, 88, 89. And uh, one of the local newspapers did their Sunday people section, mm-hmm. put us on the cover. Well, Regis was on that same cover, but he was in a very small picture up in the corner, which enraged him. And so you, he was, you were full, you were the, you were above the full. I remember we, the headline. Yeah, well, we were the whole cover. Right, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. wasn't it? It was like. It was a tabloid. Um, it was like one, uh, like a one mic marriage or something, something uh, like that. Something like marriage that, Marriage yeah. on the mic rather than yeah. on the rocks. <laughs> They've all been used. Right. <laughs> so they pulled one off the shelf and used it. And uh, Regis and Kathy Lee were doing the show then. And so on his show, he holds it up and says. Now, Who are these people? Well, what are they doing here, and why am I up here in the corner? I'm sure Kathy Lee set it up. Reed, you were in the paper on exactly. Sunday. Exactly. And then, yeah. so he holds it up, and he's, but I'm so small. <laughs> and it was fun, but uh, fast forward a couple years later, 1991, Reed was 60 then, I believe. Wow. And uh, he, he and Kathy Lee were still doing the show, and Joy and I were doing a morning show in San Diego. And we were asked to do, co-host a show with him, with, with Regis and Kathy Lee, at Disneyland. Mm. Now, think about that. Ron and Joy are going to say yes, right? Yeah. Why would Regis say yes to that? Because he said yes to everything. Yeah, apparently. He, but he did. And so the four of us are hosting this live show. We're on our show. He's on his on television. Mm-hmm. He puts us on his. and. He's very nice. I mean, when you when you when you meet somebody like that, of course, you, you're in a professional environment. You're performing. You expect them to be nice. Well, yeah. But off camera, Kathy Lee would go her way and talk to the people and stuff. And Regis sat and talked with us. And I mm-hmm. reminded him of that thing in New York, that photo. And he laughs. Mm-hmm. But, but as soon as he heard we were from St. Louis, though, that's all he wanted to talk about. His Channel day, Four. His years in St. Louis. He, he really, apparently, really had an affection for this town. 
And and when he was doing that show, St. Louis Saturday nights. Uh, yes, right. He would what fly in once a month from Los Angeles because yeah, he was doing a show there as mm-hmm. well. The guy was was a bundle of energy right. to the end. Uh, there, uh, Mark Cox was telling a story because he was at Channel Four, and he said there is a tape of Julius Hunter doing the news, and Regis just walks in front of the camera, <laughs> and they just they kept it. <laughs> Because it was because Regis was doing the show, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And And he he took the place of Tim Van Gelder one night, uh, and that was when they used to show the whole newsroom. Remember, they'd have the they'd have the busy reporters behind the behind the news desks. Well, I got to meet him when I was seventeen. It was a very good year. And uh, that was because of his show. Are you quoting Janice Ian? <laughs> okay. All right. Go no, ahead. I'm quoting uh, a, a, a Frank, Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Oh, okay. When I was 17. It oh, was a very, it was good, a very year. good year. So I was a freshly minted high school graduate. And uh, the uh, to preface it, I went to an all-girls school. The all-boys school always wanted us girls to be in there. Right. The spring musical. So. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> well, you know. That's also true. Catholics, okay, so, right? With Catholic girls? So, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, okay. so, uh, Enough said. So They start the, way much too late, I hear. Our high school musical director, Don Bovinglow. Don Bovinglow. Yes. Oh, my God. Just happened to get a job as an associate producer on this new Regis Philbin talk show. So, remember when uh, in 72, it was... It was no, nostalgic. I don't. Well, I was you a don't. baby. You were a you were a, a just a twinkle in your father's eye. No, I was a, I was alive. Uh, Ron and I, uh, one and I, I remember functioning Adults. humans. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I was. Yeah. Well, we, but uh, anyway, um, our director asked us to come on uh, to tape the show, and we taped it around five o'clock on a Saturday, mm-hmm. and the guests were going to be Dwayne Hickman, aka Dobie Gillis. Mm-hmm. And Hunts Hall, a.k.a. Bowery Boy, because there was a nostalgia craze going on in the country, and people were dressing in old-timey 40s and 50s outfits. Usually it's 20 years. Music. 20 yeah. years is the yeah, new right. Yeah, so it was like 50s. So we we put on our um, 50s garb, and uh, we um, my one friend uh, handed... Regis, a package of Hostess snowballs. Mm. <laughs> the pink him. ones? <laughs> yeah. And Regis just kind of tossed him. He was kind of flippant to us 17-year-olds, and I get it, you know, but everybody talks about how nice he was and how, what a wonderful guy he was. And we had a good time. We danced on the show. I would give anything to track down to get a copy tape of, that. of us being 17 and dancing. On for the show. Regis, yeah, and I remember dancing like a jitterbuggy thing to Rock and Robin, because Michael Jackson had redone yeah that song, and so that was my Regis. That was his, uh, him, that and Ben were his two early solo hits, because he was still a member of the Jackson Five. Right, and then I remember after the taping, because that was you know five o'clock, and then I remember being home uh, and watching it on a Saturday night, and there we were. You know, so <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm on TV. Yeah, I'm on TV. But we had walked down Market Street in our outfits, and of course, we quickly had to change them afterwards because we went to Racino's. That was my first time at Racino's, mm-hmm. and then we went to the Arch Grounds where the St. Louis Symphony was playing Beethoven's Ninth. Do you have anything nice to say about Regis? Uh, I, <laughs> I don't. 
I no. Don't. You None said nice things about Rosinos, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Kinda. Oh, but you wonderful. didn't really say no, anything about I mean, the you know, person who's recently passed. <laughs> well, I'm just saying so, my friend handed him snowballs and, and he, he was rather like He was flipping. Right. So did he remember the article? That no, no. No, no. But he act, you know, he, he's all he, uh, okay and laughs and, you know. Doesn't, but uh, he remembered St. Louis mm-hmm. a lot. Was, was Joy there? Yes. Well, no, no, his joy. Because did oh, you no. guys did oh, you guys good. bond over yeah, that no, too? No, no, that's a good. That's a good question. Well, that's right. You both I, had you wives both have named wives named Joy. You both had wives yeah. named Joy. I, I vaguely remember. You I both think still she do. Was because I remember Joy and Joy talking. Mm-hmm. So she must must have been there. Didn't meet him anywhere else. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you had a pleasant experience. Now he and he's a Notre Dame grad. Yeah. But but it makes me want. I'm trying to think if somebody dies that I had an unpleasant experience with. Would you share it? Would I share it? Yeah. And and you know the unpleasant experiences are you know no big damn deal like uh, Dan Aykroyd just looking at us. (laughs) <laughs> and making about face and walking away right in the middle of our scent. Joy was saying something to him, and he just looks at both of us and decides he doesn't want to talk to us and just walks away well, at a party. So what are you going to do? Um, there were more important people at that party. So we ended up talking to Art Garfunkel. Wow. He wouldn't walk away. In fact, we walked away from him now that Did I think you about it. Did you play basketball with Art? Nah, he's no. A sat free, at the bar and had a he's drink a with him. He's a free throw savant. He does, he does not miss when he does free throws. Wow. That's something to know. If I had known it at the time, I... Well, Letterman had him on, not to sing, but just to show <laughs> shoot three free throws. We've got Art Garfunkel on. Oh, and Paul's like, oh, is he going to sing? Nope. He's going to... And he didn't miss. Well, Regis uh, uh, would be a frequent guest on, on Letterman because Dave. Dave loved him. And I remember as a kid, my mom watching Joey Bishop show and Reg walked off that show and so when he started doing the talk show in st louis from 1972 to 1975 that was a way to rejuvenate his career yeah why did he pick st louis anyone know uh the one of the producers at or one of the a big uh station brass at camo x at the time because camo v used to be well it's it's an ono he knew him hmm and he knew Regis, and they were thinking about doing this. They were thinking about doing live programming, more programming on the air, and that's what mm-hmm. happened. But at the time, he was doing a five-day-a-week show in Los Angeles. Right. You would think he would just... He could have recorded uh, it there. <laughs> that or to say, hey, I don't need this. Right. But he, 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 had a, he had a very affectionate love of St. Louis. Looking back... That was a very uh, interesting time for us to have local. Well, Sally Jesse Raphael came after that in the I late seventies. Right. And speaking of, I was on her show and I got to interview uh, um, uh, Dr. Ruth and Sally Jesse uh, Raph- J- Sally Jesse Raphael's producer, who I thought was a big jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he, another he, person who's probably dead now. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, man. He had... Maybe um, they, everyone well, is a jerk to you. The, <laughs> Lin, the Lynn <laughs> well, House. What's the common denominator here? Okay, well, did I you, was... Did you give Tom Hanks a... No, <laughs> I, was, uh, I, I was working at the St. Louis Globe Democrat, and I uh, got With to... Jerry inter- Berger. And I got to interview uh, Dr. Ruth, and so they had me meet her at the Sally Jesse Raphael show, and... They had hired, unbeknownst to Dr. Ruth, and this was when the week, this was the week Dr. Ruth was on the cover of People magazine. Mm-hmm. So she was a big deal. And 
they brought in this comedian to imitate Dr. Ruth. And it was vulgar, and the audience sat there with their mouths dropped open. Okay. And I was sitting in the in the back there because Dr. Ruth was so enamored with my mind. Dr. Ruth said to me, you ask good questions. <laughs> she goes, you come with me after in the limo and we'll talk. And so I was waiting around because, you know, she didn't Dr. Mean Ruth it, invited me to mm-hmm. come with her to the limo. She was going to one of the, like, Laclede Club, one of those things. Okay, for a, you know, hoity-toity thing. So... Dr. Ruth was so pissed off about this comedian that she was done with you. She took her microphone off and she stormed out of there. And uh, hey, I was Sally and her staff all looked at each other, and everybody just was like that. So then they herded me away. (laughs) They go, you need to leave. You know, like hey, it's over. And then uh, they took care of the audience so I go back to the globe and I was telling the editors what happened so after their big powwow to figure out what was going to be in the paper that day uh, one of the editors comes to me and he goes hey would you like to write that up and I go sure no sure I'll write it up and I got a front page story oh. out of it yes wow and yeah. then you and then Regis came and I thought of someone who was a jerk okay yeah who Alan Burstyn. Alan or Ellen? Ellen. Ellen. Alan Burstyn. Alice doesn't live here anymore. She was in my home. Whoa. She was in my living room. I worked on Were you that. there, Jim? Yeah. 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 Jim? It was uh, a will of their own. They were, yes. they were shooting a will of their own. It was a set dresser. And uh, uh, what's her name from Back to the Future? Uh, uh, Leah Thompson. Thompson. Leah Thompson was there. Mm-hmm. Leah Thompson. It, it was a, uh, Alan, Alan played her mother. So it was the house that she grew up in. They okay. used our house for that. Leah Thompson, I did I tell you the guys? You've the guy said that she is her, very yes, yes, yes. I've heard this story. And she was it was great. She's, you loved she was it. wonderful. She brought her she's two tiny daughters, right? Not her daughters uncommon. were swimming in our pool. Not what? Not uncommon on that movie. Right. Everyone but, uh, was Ellen nice Burson, except Ellen Burstyn. Oh, yeah, no, nah, but uh, the reason I bring it up is this: she was being professional. She had a rule: I'm an actress. I'm a serious actor. I want. I have to concentrate. I have to focus. Mm-hmm. Please, if you work on this cast, a crew, Leave me don't alone. talk to me. I'm method. It was, very, it was. It wasn't being a jerk as much as you weren't allowed to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And if you accidentally looked at her, she would get upset. So you just kind of stayed away. Mm-hmm. You know. So she's she was being method, and she didn't any exactly. want anybody to exactly. interrupt now, how she is her process at a restaurant, and you walk when in she's book, not working know. on a role. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how she'd be then, but. That's there's that. So sometimes, sometimes you might see think someone's being a jerk, and they when they're not really. So you still haven't found anybody then. Nah, unless you count Ted Nugent, he's always a jerk. So <laughs> I I have stories nah, about Ted that I nah. I do not care for the man. Oh, I, not because of his political things, because mm-hmm. he lied directly to my face. Oh, that's okay. bad. Well, uh, Sally Jesse Raphael hadn't been a thought in my head for a long time. And then Andy Cohen was on Late Night with uh, Seth Meyers the other day mm-hmm. and brought Sally Jesse Raphael up because he was saying about how he finds these great books at his local dump in upstate New York, I suppose. And uh, he, he pulled out a Sally Jesse Raphael biography. How? That he, Why? That he had rescued from the trash heap. <laughs> Boom. I, uh, that I was... love that effect. 
Okay. <laughs> that was so hilarious. All right, here. now let's not yes. let's let's talk about movies now. Yeah, let's do right, it. And, and let's let's let Ron, Ron for your delight get back to work. Jim in there. You want to unplug me? But right. but but Jim didn't have a chance to tell uh, any of his uh, Ellen Bernstein stories. stories. So you oh. might give him a. All right, we'll do that. Do you ha- do you have? Oh, let's let's wait for our second guest, Jim Tudor. Thank you. The president of our St. Louis Film Critics Association, and also he is. Uh, do you have any Regis stories? Uh, that would be a no. No, so he does not have or any. Or Sally Jesse Raphael. That um, also a no. You know, a funny thing about that. Uh, just earlier uh, this year, my wife got new glasses, and they are or they Sally, Sally Jesse, Jesse Raphael type. glasses. So that's. Um, I know that really is not much of a story, but, but that that's was a all thing. I've got for you guys. That was a thing, Sally, yeah. Sally Re- Jesse Raphael. Yeah, glasses. they're very colorful, and they, uh, you know, all of a sudden, uh, uh, all of a sudden, my wife's face is is bright with with strange new colors. How have you been, Jim? You know, I've been okay, Carl. I've been uh, holed up like most folks, watching um, movies. Sort of. Um, I watched. I watched the. Last night I watched the grand prize documentary from Sundance, uh, Boys State, oh. which was very, very interesting in how politics are working in, in the world. And the, so all the movies from last year's Sundance are just now getting out. Well, Ooh. actually, this year's Sundance. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This, 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 but it seems like another year. It does. Time means nothing. Yeah. I say We're that again. We're talking January 2020 Sundance, which is pre-lockdown, so therefore... And and uh, Apple and A twenty four got together, but I don't know of a release date yet. I think it's just getting piecemealed out because that's the thing with documentaries; they're normally not released that wide. All right. So, uh, did you see? Speaking of documentaries, did you see Rebuilding Paradise, the Ron Howard uh, uh, California Fire movie? <laughs> did you see that? Let me just say straight up: um, the only newer movie that I've seen at all Mm -hmm. is that Netflix Charlie Theron actioner The Old Guard. The Old Guard. Uh, And that's just because of special circumstances. I was on vacation with a few other families and that's the movie we all agreed on. Um, So I watched The Old Guard. Other than that, I've been horrifically slacking on coverage of 2020 releases post lockdown uh, just because I'm locked up in my house with four small children and uh, it's not on your mind. And it's not on my mind. And uh, it's, it's, I don't, nobody's asked me um, I, to, to cover anything like that other mm-hmm. than just the publicists who it's easy to ignore. Sometimes ignore. Yeah. Well, I, and I've got a stack of old Blu rays that uh, have been taunting me on the shelf going, when are you going to get around to reviewing us? You, you, <laughs> you said you would. And so I figured I'm just going to get caught up on that. So, uh, before so you're you, catching up on Sonic the Hedgehog and Invisible no, Man? No, no, like, like weirder boutique stuff than that. So it's, it's probably of interest to very few people, but uh, it is what I've throw, chosen to throw myself into for better or for worse. So um, what's so, that going to do for you in December? Well, when, I don't know. I, when you decide to write your top 10 of movies that you didn't necessarily 
it's not going to be much old, of a top 10. Old guard, it's not yeah. going to be in your top 10. Probably. Well, right now it would have it to, have to be. It have to be because yeah. you've probably only seen 10 movies. Uh, exactly. No, I need to, I will be getting caught up. I, I will do the thing where we all cram mm-hmm. uh, and try to decide what's what. It's very hard to know what's what this year as a, as a film critic. Because Tenet's um, going to be released internationally, but not in the United not States. Here, yeah. Well, it's it, they've got the September 3rd date. Yeah, I've, I've been reading about that. Yep. That's not gonna happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> they keep kicking that can down the road. That's I that, that what is that the fifth date they've mentioned? Fourth, I mean, fourth, okay. Fourth is a, well, the third one was indefinite, yeah. and then now the fourth one is oh September. We'll do it in September. Why? And then why the fifth even, will be never. Yeah, I, I kind of figured. Why are they even bothering with these dates at this point? When I mean, you know, come on. Well, I know, and they've got some for August because I was checking. The Russell Crowe movie is supposed to be out this week. And it's supposed to be terrible. Oh, well, that's why maybe it's out. Yeah. Lynn, did you watch Rebuilding Paradise? I did. I'm a big fan of the docs. I know. And, you. in fact, I vote in the documentary category in the Critics' Choice Association, and I have recently been named to the nominating committee. So oh. docs are now have a purpose in did, my life. Did you watch The uh, Boys State last night? I did not, oh. and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Because, because now you're going to yell at somebody that you didn't get invited to the no, premiere. No, <laughs> I probably did. Uh, I get so many emails mm-hmm. Of these fringe film A24 and Apple, they're no, pretty big. That's true. I, I, I'll absolutely concede that. I, I gave that one a second look and was like, Wah. I might have not <laughs> written it down and therefore missed it. Mm-hmm. So, but I do have a couple coming up. So I've watched a lot of, do- I've been watching so a lot of documentaries. Rebuilding anyway. Paradise is, yes. Rob, is Ron, Ron Howard, Howard. And it's wonderful. And it's National Geographic, which yes. is Disney. So it's it's beautifully filmed as much as a tragedy can be filmed. Is the uh, president featured? Um, yeah. Because he, he yeah. made a big deal out of that when yeah, the California he, fires were going he on. He did. Okay. So I know he's not your favorite person, but he. Yeah. Well, he was there. So, he was, you know. It's, it's a, it's a it's, historical fact that he was there. Right. So Paradise, California was a, a casualty of the horrific wildfires. Started by PG&E. Uh, well, that started by 2018. PG. This is called the Campfire because it was Camp Creek Road. Campfire Road, right? Yeah. The, the Well, Camp Creek Road, that's what it's called. Okay, so it shows the first 10 minutes are unbelievably horrific. Nothing but fires? It is how they start the high winds. You see the high winds. You see the fire in the distance. You see the emergency workers. I don't ever think we give the first responders enough credit and so you hear the emergency calls you hear you hear my the, house is on uh, fire the, the kardashian compound was on fire you hear the uh public uh servants going around in their vehicles saying mandatory evacuation mandatory evacuation you hear all these frantic calls you see everybody trying to get out of town all of a sudden you see nothing but smoke and it looks like night and families are terrified. They threw stuff in their car. They're trying to get out of town. This one family sees daylight, and they just burst into tears. And it's it's you. They put you. Ron Howard puts you right there with this news footage. And then it is about the rebuilding of the town. But it's right after the fires. You see the people 
uh, sleeping in tents in the big gyms, mm-hmm. waiting for the, you know. Because everyone was evacuated. Yeah, being in line for the FEMA. You see the death toll, you know, five people were killed, then it's nine, then it's 20, then it's 50. Mm-hmm. And you see, you It was know, a natural disaster. And, and you see, yeah, it was, it's the biggest fire ever in California history. And it's on the map as one of the worst disasters in the U.S. And, uh you see the terror in people's eyes that they've lost everything and then there's the mayor who starts off with i was the town drunk so obviously he has got a fascinating story Mm -hmm. and he talks about how he everything came together for him in paradise and he got sober and he got in politics and he has a family and everything and so he's very committed to this town and it shows the emergency workers and the school. Eight of the nine schools were... uh, Destroyed? No, four schools were totally destroyed. But eight of the nine were damaged. And so it was all about that. in, In a sense, it reminds you of what people are going through today, but not that we had a... We had a mother nature... Another... A mother nature, uh, you know, wildfire. Mm -hmm. So... It's all about rebuilding the town and the hope and the dreams of people and how they're resilient. And they're in, rebuilding. Yes, in the face of adversity. Now, is is Ron Howard on camera at all or narrating? Because that, would, to me, would be distracting. Oh, no, I forget who narrated it. Okay. Oh, maybe it was Ron. I, now, isn't that... No, because if, if, you, if, if it's Ron Howard narrating it, then it sounds like it's Arrested Development. And I'm sure you wouldn't want that. Yeah, so I I know I can't remember. Isn't that crazy? Because I watched was... like three movies at once. So okay. that's a thing too. But anyway, I highly recommend it. I'm sure it's going to be on the National Geographic Channel, Disney, and it also Disney Plus? was one of the Sundance premieres. So oh. again, all these movies that were at Sundance are now okay coming. But the last na- the last National Geographic doc I saw was that Science Fair one. I liked Science were, Fair. Oh, that was so good. So they have boys. Good, boys State is a little bit like Science Fair, I oh. will say. But yeah, I I in I enjoyed Science Fair and I, enjoy, I enjoyed Boys State too. But so you liked Rebuilding Par- Paradise? I did. I would give it high marks. Okay. And, but you do like documentaries. And it's only an hour and a half, right? Right, yeah. So is this going to be, is this release or is it on Disney Plus or slash uh It's a video National on Geographic? demand. Okay. It's a video on demand. And Disney's been pushing all these things up, so it might be on Disney Plus sooner rather than later. Yeah, I would think that could be. So, But I highly recommend, especially at a time where we're at, we're at a kind of a, um, I don't know, it's a national malaise or mm-hmm. depression because the future is so uncertain and the, as the COVID-19 cases rise. And so this is just an example of people coming together to make things better. So it's a positive story. Yeah. All right, well, let's get to a very non-positive story, <laughs> which is called She Dies Tomorrow. It's by Neon. This is less than an hour and a half. It is a horror film, and I all I want to say that I almost gave up on this movie within the first ten minutes. I and remember it, you texted. Me I, I texted Lynn and I said, "Nothing's happening. This is not good. I didn't like it. It's very Gaspar Noé ish, even though it's directed by Amy Simitz, who she did the uh, uh, the Girlfriend Experience on Stars, not the which was the 
series based on the uh, Soderbergh. Soderbergh movie. Uh, so, and her stable of actors, uh, Katie Lynn Shile, I, I, she was, um, she was in VHS and she's, she's known for being on house of cards. She's, she's the lead in this. And the first 10 minutes are just, you, you don't know what's going on. It makes sense later, but you have to get through the first 10 minutes and it is a hard, and I even told you it's less than an hour and a half and you have, so one eighth of this movie, you're just going, what the hell is going on? And then Jane Adams shows up and things start to make sense. Um, I like her. I, I like her as well. Uh, Amy, uh, played by Caitlin Shile, uh, she is, um, she thinks she's going to die tomorrow. And so she is coming to grips with that. And then she tells Jane Adams, playing Jane, that she's going to die tomorrow. Oh. No, no, no. That Amy tells Jane that Amy's going to die tomorrow. And then Jane leaves Amy worried about her. But then Jane starts to think that she is going to die tomorrow. He's all mixed up. Well, no. No? Then oh. Jane goes to her brother's house, who's played by Chris Messina, and his wife and... Uh, some friends because it's uh, Susan played by uh, Katie Asselton. It's her birthday. And then she says, Jane tells everybody, I'm going to die tomorrow. And then everyone else starts thinking that they're going to die tomorrow. Okay. I need a chart. Everyone. <laughs> it, it's like a, it's like a plague. It's, 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 it's kind of like uh, someone said it's like the happening <laughs> that where the plants go after everybody. Yeah, but this yes. this one this one's like once you once you get infected with the thought that you're going to die tomorrow, you are either going to kill yourself or somehow die tomorrow. Oh, oh. interesting. Okay, mm. so it spreads and it just keeps spreading. Josh Lucas is a doctor at a hospital, <laughs> and. Uh, it, it gets weird at the end because like Michelle Rodriguez is. I know. I thought I thought I was going to ask you what, what is Michelle Rodriguez doing? She, uh, because uh, Jane just shows up at the house and she says, "I'm going to die tomorrow." And they said, "They are. They already have it." Yeah, we're going to die tomorrow too. <laughs> it's, it's just it's weird. And so this plague happens, and it keeps spreading. And then there are flashbacks. You see how the plague doesn't start, but you see how these people get infected with it and it is is it kind of like a, a cross between happy death day no no because it's not no. funny it's okay. not funny but jane is like a scientist and an artist and it's like her her she makes art out of things that she has under microscopes so you don't know if she's like a scientist how is she doing this she's an artist and it's it's just a weird little movie it's by neon who uh actually they're they're pretty good nowadays. They're great. They are great, but yeah. they do have those fringe. Uh, yeah. I would compare them to the IFC Midnight uh-huh. movies. They're well, those different. Neon, Neon had our last uh, Best Picture winner. <laughs> they, yeah. they did Parasite. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and but some and some people think that Parasite is one of those weird little indie movies, which it it kind of it could have been. Yeah, yes. it kinda, yeah. It, it could have slid off the radar into that, but it had people not noticed it. Right. But She Dies Tomorrow is just, if it weren't for the first 10 minutes where you don't know what's going on, it, Jane Adams saves the movie. Oh, wow. Which is is great. And the cast is just, once, once, you're, a, once you're consigned to the fact that you're going to die tomorrow, it's the fact what you're going to do with the rest of your day. 
And so some people are like, I want to spend time with my family. Some people are like, they don't believe it. And once mm. again, nobody else believes it when you first tell them, but then then it infects them and then they understand. It's I, I understand what they were going for. Oh, uh, the director, uh, Amy... Simons, she was in Pet Cemetery. She's the mom in Pet Cemetery. Yeah, okay. she I used, knew she had a good credit. She uh, used the money that she made from Pet Cemetery to make this movie. Is which the remake of Pet Cemetery? No, 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 no. Yeah, the remake from last year of Pet oh, okay. Cemetery. Remember? Okay, right, right. Remember where they changed which kid? Yeah. Yeah. All right. But well, Stephen King loved that fact that they changed which kid it was. Yeah. Because that uh, well, <laughs> but, well have you ever seen a movie called The Bay? The Bay? I did not. No, I know what um, that is though. Yeah, I, Barry Levinson directed it. It was mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, uh, I guess maybe I want to say 2010, 11, mm. something like that. Right. And Joe uh, Moskis had asked me to review it, and it was really low budget indies and surprising for Barry Levinson mm-hmm. but it took place in the bay yeah. and it was some marine creature uh, that somehow mutated or whatever and everybody got infected very quickly with this in a way of like the 28 days later mm-hmm. and everything and it was a summer and it was a 4th of July thing and they had a mayor like the mayor in Jaws and and uh, I found it compelling and interesting and it just wiped the city out really fast mm-hmm. So, Isn't that Barry Levinson's found footage movie back when there were a lot of these, yeah. you know, quote unquote, yes. found footage movies yes. uh, that, yes. that are like the Blair Witch style of like, we found the footage of the people in, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, Barry, you know, he's uh, like Oscar winning director of like Rain Man and, yeah. you know. And Diner. Right, Diner, sure. And then he, he comes up. I remember how strange it was that the Bay uh, just existed at all. As a movie, oh, yeah, I forgot. And, uh, and I was surprised because you know you you go in expecting it's not going to be any good. Amy yeah. Simons also was in Alien uh, Covenant, oh, or oh. which was the sequel oh, to Prometheus. Prometheus. Yeah, Ridley Scott. She was she was the one that was married. I think she was the one that was married to Danny McBride in that movie. And I, she, I try to block those two out. Oh. Who? Oh, the the two oh oh Alien. the Prometheus, yeah, yeah. the prequels. Yeah, oh, Fastbender is having fun with those. Yeah, Fast but Bender but she good. dies tomorrow was supposed to make its premiere at South by Southwest in March, mm. but then that didn't happen. So uh, I don't know. It, it's, well, I tried to watch it, Carl. But, did you? Um, but could uh, you make it past the first ten minutes? No, because uh, my my link had expired. You know when oh. they send you those links, they they send they them they send them so early, and then you can't get to it. And then yep. when you do, yep. it's like it expired two weeks ago. That and I'm like, your me. movie starts today. Well, yeah. that's that's what happened with me. A trip to Greece. I wanted to watch it, and right. they sent it too early. But. Yeah, we got we're, we're seeing movies. So Cutthroat City or whatever that is. Yeah, that, well, that's uh, been put. But now it's the right. RZA. back. Yeah, the, and the link doesn't work. It, I don't know. We we've got problems with that at Zeke Film. I know that. RZA. I, I just think yeah. that if you're gonna, I, I'm glad when they warn you and they tell you right. you have 14 days. You have 14 days to watch this link. Or you have done. a weekend. And once you start it, you hours. have to. Once you start it, you have to finish it within four hours. A formal observation about She Dies Tomorrow. You, you mentioned the first 10 minutes being so rough. Um, there's the conventional wisdom in, you know, 
film watching that the first 10 minutes are the tell. Mm-hmm. You know, that if you've got a bad first 10 minutes, it's not going to get any better. Oh, that's um, my, that's but my it does, But it does yeah. get better. And that's it does get better is what's weird. You're saying like this one's an exception. Once James, once Jane Adams yeah. joins the movie, yeah. and it's, it's nothing about Amy's character. It's just that they don't, but you don't understand why everything is going wrong for this woman until there's no, there's mm-hmm. barely any words. And she keeps listening to the same song over and over. And I'm like, sure. what's wrong with my film? Well, here's, <sighs> here's one, uh, you know, like a, a film with what I considered at the time to be a not great first 10 minutes. And it turned out to be saving Private a great Ryan. film. Oh. No, not saving <laughs> Private Ryan. Um, yeah, no. Um, Galaxy Quest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which back then, you know, I, I remember being at a screening for that and uh, thinking, oh, boy, you know, this is a Tim Allen mm-hmm. movie, and I don't know. And the first 10 Scorny minutes Weaver, was not blowing my mind. And Alan all of, Rickman. All of a sudden, uh, they go into space for real. And in the movie theater, I don't know if it does this on home video now, but the screen actually widens to right, like Right, because a, it was like – it was uh, yeah. six by nine, or not six it, by nine. It was a one eight five aspect ratio, right. which is more of a boxy or rectangle. Because it was a TV show. It, yeah, and then it opens up. It literally opened up to the rest of the screen, like you know, you know, like the girl can't help it. Back in the fifties, did the same gag. You know, this it, it, oh, the screen widened to like the wide screen, and that was uh, a good effect. two three five aspect ratio, and uh, and with that. The movie, sudden, the movie got good too. You know, it didn't get good because well, they, of that. But, but it, no, no, it's because they right. were trying to show that it was a cheesy yeah. TV show. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember discovering that on VHS and going, This is delightful. This is really good. And that's one of those word of mouth movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Absolutely. when it came out, it did not. And now they can do never well. make a sequel. And, and oh, Well they yeah, could, but Albert Mel is where they shouldn't. No, they shouldn't. But they've talked about it for a, they talked about it for a long time because yeah. it's so beloved. It is. That is one of the all-time uh, best ensembles and too. David Mamet uh, calls it a perfect film. Really? Yeah. Oh. All right, Lynn. Well, did you see Radioactive Summerland? I finally or the did. Now this is another thing. Is because we have no concept of time. I thought uh, Radioactive was coming out July thirty-first. What is not what is this? July twenty-fourth. This is Amazon Prime. Yes, I this have that. This is an original. This is Ro- Rosamund Pike as the legendary woman Marie Curie. Oh, and you would think that such a remarkable woman, two Nobel prizes, whose daughter won a Nobel prize, mm-hmm. and her lifelong. Uh, commitment to science that it would be a fascinating movie and if they would have just concentrated on her life it would have but the director who did Persepolis Marjane oh I'm gonna forget her name I should have written it down um I have it in my radio notes uh she uh Oh, so you prepare for the radio show you don't prepare well what I did well I have my list here but you know I didn't bring my my written notes. Marjane Saptrapi? Yes. She did Persepolis. Okay. And it's a very good graphic novel. Oh, Anna novel. Taylor Joy's in this. That's, yeah. an, that's an important movie, that Persepolis. Right, a... right. So I expected great things from this. The cast is fine. The cast is very good. Rosamund Pike is very good. Sam Riley is excellent as Pierre Curie. I like and, Anna Taylor Joy. And she's good. She plays a daughter mm-hmm. who grows up to be a scientist. Yeah. Okay. And uh, she... Uh, understands her mother um marie one of her faults was she wasn't really a great mother 
Ah. So you got that. But she is brilliant scientific mind at a time in the 19th century when women... Well, it's based women... on a graphic novel about this. Yeah, see, that's the bad thing. The, <laughs> the book... What's wrong about graphic no, novels? No, because this director, I'm sure they gave it to her thinking, oh, she did such a great job with Persepolis. Mm-hmm. Let's give her this graphic novel. The book is from 2010. Lauren Rudness is her name. And she decides to distract with all the effects of radiation, radium. It's called A Tale of Love and Fallout. Get it? Yes. So all of a sudden you're seeing uh, Marie Curie uh, in her lab, and she invents, she actually invents, I mean, you know, she actually discovers radium, one of the periodic tables. So she finds Mm -hmm. not one but two new periodic polonium and all the guys in the room the hoity-toity scientists that don't think anything of her they all about fall off their chair so uh so now she's in the history books and she gets to win the nobel prize but she didn't get invited to sweden to pick it up because no men wouldn't want a woman right right so that was very disheartening so anyway they cut to enola gay and fat man and little boy drop it on Hiroshima. Well, and I'm because like, technically that sprung from her discoveries, right? But it's distracting. Oh, all of you a don't sudden, like the time jumping? No, I don't like the time jumping. And all of a sudden, you're you're involved in her life. And then all of a sudden, she says a line, and then they go to World War Two. Yeah, she says, she, you know, all of a sudden you're you're seeing her life, and then you're seeing ambulances in Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. And then you see a little kid having cancer treatment in the fifties when those those radiation so, yeah, machines things, were, things did... were uh, you know like mm-hmm. a, the size of a refrigerator. So yes, so it shows the good and the bad of what she discovered. But uh, obviously, she made tremendous mm-hmm. inroads. And one of the nice aspects I did not know this is because of her mobile X-ray machine. Mm-hmm. That was used in World War One. She saved a lot of lives because these got these soldiers that ha- might they, have had they just needed to a, be transported. Right, might have had a broken limb. And then that would it would them. Then it would get infected. Uh, yeah, amputated. And so she saved all these guys limbs. from being, uh, you know, amputees. Hmm. So that was fascinating. And then her daughter and her daughter's scientific husband. They invented artificial radiation, hmm. and and that's Anna Taylor Joy, and she wins the Nobel Prize. But do P- they invite her? Uh, uh, they do. Oh, uh, Pierre Curie, he died, and Marie. Didn't he? Oh, a horrible death. Uh, Pierre and Marie were true soulmates, and um, it was a big meeting of the minds, and they made each other better. And that is a very nice aspect of the movie the acting is fine rosamund so Pike, you don't like it but you do like it i like the acting i didn't like the way the, the you didn't like uh, the director the executed it. some things are good and some things are not good about it yeah it's period piece it's uh uh sam riley not really too familiar with his work but he he did a very good job mm-hmm and so, he was in Maleficent. He's the he's the uh, he's Maleficent's little uh, plaything. Huh. See now, I have to struggle to remember Maleficent. He was in uh, Maleficent. I know what it is. I, I'm but, just saying. You but know. she, he was the he's her little underling. Uh-huh. 
And so he's in both of those movies. And and Marie wasn't necessarily a perfect person. She was a little persnickety and stubborn and very headstrong, and she was uh, short-tempered. And so it brings out all her... Uh, <laughs> they don't make her a saint. Let's Warts put it like and all. that. Yeah. yeah. But Rosamund Pike is a really good I actress. Love her. And uh, she was uh, not only in Gone Girl, mm-hmm. fabulous, but in Hostiles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. And then we were not given the screener to A Private War, but everybody raves about her in A Private War. Yeah, that was a big deal for her. I supposed to be anyway. Yeah, so... We didn't get to see her. So, yeah. So, I think that was one of those that Amazon picked up because it was... It was, it was It was supposed to close, uh, I think, the Toronto Film Festival. And then uh, it's been sitting around since September of last year. And then Studio Canal picked it up. Because they need stuff. Lynn, did you sit through the secret? Please oh, oh no, Lord. I didn't get a link because... I wonder about Lionsgate. Here we are talking inside baseball. baseball. But uh, we just were given the trailer to promote. Well, I didn't even ask Joe because I, it's the secret. Who, why? I know. Yeah. Why would you make a movie that – and I'm just going to say right now that Josh Lucas needs to find a better agent mm. because his stuff of like – He dies tomorrow or she dies tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, she dies tomorrow. His career Bra- dies tomorrow. Breakthrough. Oh, I finally did see that. Oh. The religious movie filmed mm-hmm. here. Oh. With Christy Metz. Yes. She was nominated for an Oscar for singing that theme song. Oh, boy. Uh, that, because it was a Diane Warren song. Yeah. Oh. True that. Yeah, because, you know, uh, and I have the I have the sheet music with her autograph on it, if anybody wants it. I, I listened to an expletive-filled uh, interview with Diane Warren uh, talking to Leonard Maltman, his daughter, on their podcast, you know, about wow. uh, writing that song. And she's like, she well, didn't care know. for it. No, no, she did. She was just like, I don't know. I thought the movie was, I don't know. I don't, oh, she I don't know. Diane. She wrote a, She wrote a song yes. and they used it in a Christian movie. Yes. And she, she didn't you know, care for that. She defends the, 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 the song winding up there. And it, well, it was written for that. I mean, I don't know. It's just funny because, you know, uh, if anybody of that persuasion, uh, you know, wants to tune in and hear about the origins of this song, they, they'll be shocked by Diane Warren's uh, potty mouth. Uh, quite the potty her mouth. sailor talk. Absolutely, yes. Well, so. the the secret dare to dream stars Katie Holmes and Josh Lucas as a couple who find each other through, I guess, the secret, mm. the power of positive thinking. It's a book because it's got that. It's an sub- Oprah book. Oh, the secret dare to dream. It, so I watched the preview just to see what it was like. Why would you do that? Well, I wanted to they, see. They Why? asked nicely. And I... Link's available. No, thank you. I thought uh, it was like a Nicholas Sparks movie. And I thought, these two people need to find better agents. Because hmm. if this is what they're getting... Did you see Summerland then? I did. Oh, so you did see that one. I did. IFC... Um, it's a World War II movie. It's directed and written by a woman. I think I don't know how to pronounce this name. Swally. I bet you have it on your notes for radio. <laughs> Swally. Wow. I just didn't put him in my purse. I'm sorry. Mm, that's okay. I, and, I'm, just, uh, I'm just giving you and, uh, I don't care. It's beautifully shot. I keep saying all these movies are beautifully shot. And it is uh, about this prickly writer who's single and a lesbian and i guess she volunteered to help in world war 
to this is in England, the southern, the southeast coast. Mm-hmm. It's always that that scene where they got the rocks, you know, on the cliff and. Anyway, Jessica Swally. And Jessica Swally. And then her, uh, all of a sudden, this woman is at the door with this young boy who's an evacuee, and she gets thrust uh, to be his caretaker. And she's not very uh, motherly. Uh, is that Gemma Atherton? Yes, Gemma Atherton. And, and Gugu Mbatha Raw. Yeah, and that's her lover. Mm. And uh, then. This is very British. The now, boy. Uh, <laughs> Jessica Swale, she won like all these awards for uh, doing uh, what's the, uh, Shakespeare type of roles. She she won she's an uh, she's an Olivier Award winner, playwright, screenwriter, and director. So she's very classically trained, I guess. Yeah, well, it's it's nicely done. It's very military. Is it a period piece? It's well, it's World War Two. Mm-hmm. It's how many stories of World War Two? I mean, they just keep a coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Gemma Atherton was in her um, Neil Gwynn, which was her award-winning play. So she's using her again. Ah, well, she's good, and she uh, she's a writer, and uh, the little boy. Wait a minute, she's a a writer wrote. And directed a story about being a writer. Yeah. But in World War II. Well, yeah. World War II was a big deal, you know. <laughs> so there, there can be a lot of films. Yes. Yeah. So a this lot story, of things this, happen. This, boy, yeah. this boy's uh, dad is a pilot. And so he, he, he all of a sudden knows, like, oh, my God, this is going to be very unconventional. It's kind of like a, the anti-anti-mame. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not going to make life fun for the kid, and he's just going to have to fend <laughs> on his own. The anti-anti-mame. <laughs> Put that on the poster. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. so, like, the boy goes, um, uh, you know, hey, I got to go to school. And she goes, okay, go ahead. And he goes, well, where is it? <laughs> wow. See, that's kind of funny. You yeah. know? So it's it's funny. And then they eventually, of course, you're going to know this. They eventually bond. And it's about the power of love. And then they show them as adults, mm-hmm. grown-up people. Cool. and But it is kind of soapy and melodramatic. And so I would just give it a okay. It's average. It's an okay. It's an okay movie. It's average. Uh, it is from IFC, and it is video on demand. So there you so go. So is Gugu in the movie a lot, or is he? No. She just drops the kid off. No, 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 no. no, she's, no, the, no. She's, she's the, the lover. lover. Okay. Yeah. And so there's there's the taboo love, and mm. then there's the racist acts aspect about it. Mm. So it is really. Are they in the closet a lot then? Well, it's in the forties. So yeah. You know, so so it's that, but it's a world of. I mean, it, it just keeps coming. These World War Two movies. So the way you but say lover, a, <laughs> it, you don't just say lover. You say lover. No, that, that's that's, that's, lover. that's implying something about this. No, film. no, no. It's okay. it's a chaste. It's chaste. Uh-huh. It's a chaste love in the forties. It's, it's okay. the forties. But it was it's, made now. Well, right. yeah, but it's it's you know. Yeah. It's that, but no, Sarah Jessica uh, Parker used to say that on uh, uh, Sex in the City. Oh. She would say, lover. Well, oh, oh, I see. It's oh. a reference to Sex in the City. <laughs> Thanks. I, that's why I didn't. And it's illicit love because it's two. It's illicit love because it's The love it's that two, shall not be named. Yeah, it's it's two women. Okay. So Okay. Yeah. So there we go. Those are our new releases yeah. this week. We're not really Check too all oh, excited. I like the Star Wars. I, ha- I have two Star Wars masks at home. I've just put on a Star Wars mask that I has a custom job. 
uh, made by uh, a woman who makes masks at the uh, uh, at the candy store on Mackland. Uh, yeah, called Charmy Sweet. I've been there uh, a lot. A fantastic. I place. love yes. their work. It's great. And are anyway, they back open? They are back open. Yeah. Good. So go you go get go get some candy and you can place an order for a custom mask Star like Wars I'm mask. wearing, which is a great job. And, and they made it extra big for my big old head. Um, Your giant melon. Yeah, my, my Star Wars mask, which I have to wear. My mother-in-law made two Star Wars masks for me, but my daughter took one of them. She took the cute one, and yeah. I have the I have the 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 other one's also cute, but not yeah. not as cute as the one that my daughter well. took. Well, I do have my Hamilton. Oh, one. that's I did not I yes. didn't realize that um, that's what that was. That was a pre-order and oh. they have since sold out, but cool. a portion of the proceeds went to the direct relief for all the restaurant workers and displaced workers. The wait, that one or did it go to the Broadway goes Well, dark? the company that sold them part of it went to part of anything you bought on the site was uh, went to the actors fund okay so i benefited both the actors fund and direct relief which i really liked and i will say locally if you want to get masks the zoo has them for uh i think reasonable price and they're Mm. all different animals and the missouri historical society has one that has the st louis flag on it oh well Film, mm-hmm. film-centric. Uh, you know, I, I custom-ordered the Star Wars mask. You can also get Harry Potter masks and whatever it's else. Harry's birthday today. Harry would have. Harry is if a real person. He was born on J.K. Rowling's birthday. He's forty today. Oh, like, he was. Oh. He was. He was born in nineteen eighty. The character. The char- The character Harry Potter in the real oh, world cool. was okay. born. July 31st, 1980. And I believe Neville is, is Neville born tomorrow? I don't know. They were both born around 31st and 1st. And Harry's born one day and Neville's born the next day. Well, happy That's fake why birthday. they didn't know which one it was. Oh. If you remember the Harry Potter stuff. All right. So, Jim, let's move on to DVD streaming releases. What have you seen of your giant pile oh, of stuff? Yeah. Is there anything that you want to share? Well, I can share just a few things. And, I, you know, like I said, this is this is niche. Um, so, I, you know, if people want to take a, a little, you know, follow me off on the my, beaten path. my strange little ventures off the beaten path, which, quite frankly, I love. Um, That's how you well, find I treasures. Yeah. Right. I do, too. And, and, you know, I'm offered. If no one would have told you about Galaxy Quest, you never would have seen it. Well, <laughs> well I, no, you went to the screening, but I, Lynn. Correct. Um, no, I mean, this is these are these are movies that I most of the time I haven't heard of because they're like, you know, what they call uh, boutique labels in the uh, Blu-ray DVD world. Yes, those of us who still like to collect physical media. And yes, there are more of us than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, there's something about just having that that tangible disc there and you own it and it goes on the shelf like a book. And uh, I'm all about that, and I love it, and I love to continue to promote that for people who who care because there's a lot of folks who are passionate. If you have the first eight Star Wars movies, you have to get the ninth one in a Correct. physical. <laughs> and I went in Target uh, and bought that uh, this this like fat box of Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, that is as fat as the box that houses the original six VHS. Uh, no, not oh, no, VHS, oh, oh, but oh, the DVD uh, box. I from, thought it was. I thought they split it. Remember, it's prequel trilogy or, and no, OT. No. Okay, we're getting real nerdy here. Yeah, we are. Again, I have a Star Wars custom mask. What do you want? Right, that's right. Um, that's they, what made me think of it. There is a there is a six 
well, a six movie, nine disc Blu-ray set that came out around 2010 or so of all of Star Wars. That was, um, uh, was that Fox's last ditch yeah. to make money this before was one, yeah. Disney bought it? Mm-hmm. I think it was. And they finally put all the deleted scenes on that. Right. That was the big selling point for that. Anyway, my I'm just saying the Rise of Skywalker set that I bought is as thick on the shelf. And that's as, how many discs? Uh, like two. I don't oh, maybe really? four. Maybe four. And I don't there's know. probably a lithograph in there. Disney will get your money. There, yeah, it's some, you know, little booklet and of pictures that you'll look at once. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't resist, Carl. I couldn't resist. I understand. Yeah, I so, understand what you're doing and yeah. what you've done. All right, so what of your boutique, what'd you find? Okay, well, the, the, there's a company, uh, my website, by the way, and this is this is just shameless. Go ahead. Go, go to Zeke Film, Z-E-K-E-F-I-L-M, ZekeFilm.org. Go to ZekeFilm.org and you can find these reviews. I've been cranking them out lately, not to brag, uh, but, uh, you know, when you're kind of, you know, a prisoner in your home, uh, well, what else is there to do? Uh, write movie reviews on your phone. Uh, so that's what I've been doing. <laughs> so what did you... Uh, that, give us uh, something. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, lots of cl- vintage film noir from the 1940s and 50s. Um, Ooh, I love that. Uh, the most recent of which, there are several box sets that uh, Kino Lorber has put out. Uh, uh, box sets of films uh, that they consider film noir. Um in one of the films that is not in the box set that uh, they just put out recently is a film with Burt Lancaster and Joan Fontaine. And and I, I just bring this up because the title alone uh, is so wonderful. It's called Kiss the Blood Off My Hands. Oh. Kiss the Blood Off My Hands, starring Burt Lancaster and Joan Fontaine from wow. 1948. Ooh. It's awesome. It's this wonderful is it a, film Is it a noir. true B-movie or is it film noir? It is. It is Both. <laughs> well, true. You can make the argument that most film noir is, is B-movie. Yeah. Um, but Would Stockman one, like it? Uh, yeah. Um, but... I don't know how much. I mean, it is movie stars. Mm-hmm. Um, Burt Lancaster oh, that's true. was a rising star. Joan Fontaine is top billed. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, wow. But it is the first film made by Burt Lancaster's production company. And it is put out by Universal International. Wow. Uh, back when they were trying to become respectable, Universal had made a lot of, you know, films that clocked in at under an hour. And people were saying, hey, uh, you know, these are not, these are B programmers. That's all you're doing. Mm-hmm. So they made a rule, you know, no more movies that are, you know, under 70 minutes. So you get movies like this that are 72 minutes or however long it is. Um, it's short. It's it's short and sweet. But um, you know, Burt Lancaster. First thing he does in this movie is he's drunk in a bar in London. And he's a World War II vet, which so many guys in film noir are. Uh, mm-hmm. They tell him, "Okay, it's closing time." And he, he he stands up and he gets angry. He doesn't want to. He turns on the guys like, "Hey, it's time to leave." He socks the guy in the face. The guy falls down, cracks his skull or whatever. He's dead. Burt Lancaster just accidentally killed a guy. And instead of like, you know, and then that's the whole movie. And and then he like takes off running and he's running down the street and it's dark and the streets are wet and the lights shining on the wet street and it's film noir and the cops are chasing him and he's, you know, up zigzagging up alleys and And where's his dame. Yeah. And he's running around. Well, that's what happens. He eventually after five minutes of this and it's, you know, again, just, you know, this is, is it shot well though it's wonderfully shot yeah so you get you get him up in the window and he goes into a random window and it's Joan Fontaine's window Ah. she's in there in bed and she's "Ah!" you know and uh, (laughs) anyway they they uh, they they uh, do not get along and then they eventually do get along and it's so weird but this is this is uh yeah, Hayes Code so they don't get along too well they don't get along too well no but it's Burt Lancaster Mm -hmm. 
who is like both a tough guy and sensitive. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he, when he goes, you know, we've just watched him kill a guy and then run away from it. Right. That's a very, because it would have been self-defense, but yet because it's Burt Lancaster, he wins us over and we care and like the character anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And, uh, so I just think, you know, kiss the blood off my hands. Um, what a title. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and yeah. It's, it, this is a movie that's worth checking out. It came out on Blu-ray in the middle of July. Uh, July 14th is when it dropped. And, uh, you know, it's one of many film noir classic releases from uh, Kino Lorber is the uh, is the label. So, and again, you can go to my website. I've got a lot more uh, reviews of these types of things there. Um, well, I want to thank you, by the way. Tomorrow on HBO, uh, Jojo Rabbit is premiering. And I... You convinced me to add it into my top 10 because I was on the fence about it was number 11 and that your defense of that was your number one film last year. It was. Yeah. And your telling me of it made me kick out the Irishman, which I was never a fan Mm -hmm. of the Irishman. And so. I had Irishman at 10 and I said, you know what? Screw the Irishman. It's yeah. not, it's hyped and overrated. And I, I, I appreciate it as a film, but right. it should have been a miniseries. But uh, Jojo, I put Jojo Rabbit in 10 and kicked out Irishman because of your defense of Jojo Rabbit. You are welcome. Thanks, because it premieres on HBO and yeah. HBO Max tomorrow, which is, if, in case you don't know that, if you have HBO Max, mm-hmm. uh, the movies premiere the, the same night. Which, oh, wow. Which is... Good. And I'm trying to tell everybody that has HBO, you, you do already have, have HBO Max. You do have HBO Max. Because HBO Go or HBO yeah, well, Now? One this of one friend of mine was saying, I don't yeah. think I have HBO Max. And I go, if you pay for HBO, you, you have, have HBO, HBO Max. Max. For and now. then for I was now, recommending right. the Natalie Wood documentary, which is so good. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I can't find it on there. But Christopher okay, Walken needs to tell us what happened. All the... All the... A previous um, HBO not, series, not all. Well, most, mo- most the all series, the the films that they sanctioned, the documentaries. It's under yeah, HBO you, Originals, and you also have Crunchyroll, and you have Studio Ghibli, and you have a whole bunch of the Warner Looney Tunes. But not the classic ones, the new ones. But the HBO Max is also doing a lot of. Uh, original programming there's, as well. There's new Looney Tunes. Yes, uh, on there, which I, I teach history of animation at Webster University, and I, I need to see those somehow. I don't. I do not have HBO Max. Bugs's birthday was uh, 80th yeah. birthday 80th. was the other day, Correct. and they just there's one where they totally make fun of Disney and Mickey Mouse, and oh but because they used to do that. Yeah, yeah. But they were subtle. Right. This this one is blatant. Not so subtle. Yeah. Um, I, do you really care about the Emmys, though, Lynn? You, 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 it's a big deal that Netflix got 160, breaking HBO's right. record of well, 100. Well, I'll do a couple. I'll do a couple. My quick take on a couple of nominations, but uh, one of the things is because I see so much theater and movies, I don't necessarily have time for all these uh, TV shows. Right. So I basically do appointment TV, and I'm way behind in that. Yeah, you but, still haven't watched. Uh, I'll be gone in the dark yet. You still have. Well, I, I still have like a couple episodes to go. And I kept seeing all along Mark Ruffalo would be nominated for. His uh, dual role. Yeah. And he was. Okay. Yay, yay, yay. Um, but the one DVD slash digital movie this new this week, 
well, actually, it dropped July 28th, is you should have left. Did you guys see that? That's the Kevin Bacon, Amanda Seyfried one oh. about the house. No. About the vacation house. No. Not like the rental, but different. Is it like the money pit? Uh, it's like uh, something's wrong with the house. Something's uh, wrong. So Oops, something's, something's wrong. Possessed. You should. Oh, oh, it's, uh, it's um, poltergeist. Now I would have normally just. <laughs> some of us got asked to review it, and some of us didn't. But um, I. Um, it's okay. Um, I would have passed it by had I not seen that David Kep wrote it, and he's the guy that wrote Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. The 2002 Spider-Man. The, ori- the yeah. original Sam Raimi? The original Raimi? and uh, Mission many Impossible other. Stuff. Yes, Mission yeah. Impossible. But, I, I mean, he has tremendous credits. Mm-hmm. But he did write the, the Mummy. Okay. So, you know, you can't Which Mummy? The, the Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise one that, okay. that destroyed the dark universe. Uh, <laughs> Invisible Man is kind of bringing that back, though. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, I want to say that that's on. So that's worth a worth yeah. a look if you want to do the bo- red box or the digital on your uh, your TV platform spectrum, or digital or Amazon or whatever. It all but, confuses um, me. The Emmys. What I like about the Emmys is they have so many different categories that mm-hmm. people get to be uh, acknowledged. Only one only one quarantine show made it, and it was. Uh, Amy Schumer learns to cook or something like that. Yeah, which I which I saw because her husband's a chef. So no, did the Saturday Night Live episodes well, qualify? Or they did they... because uh, g- g- uh, guess who got nom- nominated? Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt got nominated. Doctor Fauci on the quarantine show, and right. I'm just amazed yeah. at that. And uh, Keenan Thompson is uh, also up for. Uh, yeah, I, has he ever been nominated before? I think he has. I think he has for song, oh, but I don't so. think as a performer. Oh. Now, usually in that guest actor, guest actress in a comedy slot, that's where they put the host of SNL. Mm-hmm. So Eddie Murphy uh, is nominated, and that show that was, was terrific. That was great. Adam Driver is nominated for his show this year, yeah. and uh, Phoebe Waller's Bridge. Huh. is nominated for, her for hers. But those are the ones from SNL. I always like to see who's host. And then for the comedy specials, because we tend to gravitate to those on Netflix and and that uh, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. Was Which they're going to make more of those. Yes, and he is. <laughs> I just love My him. daughter loves her some John Mulaney. He is so funny. And Jerry Seinfeld's 23 Hours to Kill is mm-hmm. nominated. Dave Chappelle's Sticks and Stones. But not uh, the la- the last one, 8 hours and 49 seconds? Yeah, no. Or in eight, min- 8 minutes, 49 But seconds. I don't know if that counted. Oh, it, it, it might be too soon. Yeah, it might have not counted. And then also Hannah, oh, who I like, she did gut, uh, she did Nanette. Okay. And uh, her Hannah new Hannah Gadsby? Doug- yeah. Okay. She's so good. And then uh, the Mu- did you have you watched both Muni Variety Hours? I have. And you're gonna watch the third one this oh, week. Oh yes, I 31, love them. Thirty-one thousand people crashed their YouTube channel. Oh, uh, good. I guess. Yes, well, it is I don't good. know. Is I that... like this. For- I like this formula they're doing because it it has the archival footage and then it has new things. And the the girl that's on Broadway right now playing well, she's not right now. No, oh, right. But uh, playing Tina Turner. Uh, Nikeki Obi Malekwe. Okay. She is a Michigan grad. She was in the Muni's 
all shook up uh, two summers ago or three summers ago. And she started playing Tina Turner in London. Mm -hmm. And then she's on Broadway. She came on to sing If You Knew My Story from Steve Martin's musical Bright Star with Edie Burkell. Hmm. And she just slayed it. It was great. That was on episode two? Yeah, episode two. And I've never seen her before. And she talked about how Bright Star had an all-white cast. So she wanted to sing this song to show, hey, you know. I can I do can, this, too. I can sing this. She was fabulous. And then a, a dancer named Chloe O. Davis, who grew up in St. Louis, she took all the choreography styles of Catherine Dunham, uh, Jeffrey Hines, Jeffrey Holder from The Wiz, uh, all these great chore uh, black choreographers over the years. And she was in last year's, the, or two years ago, The Wiz. Mm -hmm. And she went around Forest Park recreating all those dances in that open space. Oh, nice. And using the costumes. And then the Muni Teens did a mashup of a song called Oh, bring on the monsters from the Percy Jackson musical. Musical, and it was a, wasn't it a mashup with the uh, Sing Street? Yes, Drive It Like You Stole It, mm -hmm. and it was so fun to see the kids dance to Drive It Like You Stole It from see, their driveways and I their love house. Me some Sing Street. I know it I was can't so wait. fun. I can't wait for it to come out as well, a musical. If had we not had the pandemic, I would have already seen it because when I would have gone Been up for York. my kind of Mother's Day uh, time. Up in New York, I, that was the one I was going to see. That and Tracy uh, Letts's "The Minutes" mm -hmm. about city councils. So, it, Sing Street is a. It's Broadway. going to be a Broadway musical. Yes, yes. perfect. It was it was off Broadway smash yeah. hit. Okay. They were moving it to Broadway to open in April. Previews in March, and that's right when everything shut down. Right. Yeah. Oh, too so bad. It'll come back. I know, but well, it, this week it, they're going to have uh, all shook up, Les Mis, Newsies, and South Pacific. Uh, clips, and they're going to have uh, Beth Level and Adam Heller uh, do a performance, and then the cast of 2018's Annie is going to do Tomorrow, and then there's going to be a female tap number called Bach to the Future, and then they're going to do another edition of Muniwood Squares. Which is fun. Really fun. Uh, okay. and if you say so. <laughs> I like and I love Mike Isaacson, and I think what he's doing is great. Well, uh, I do want to mention that they showed the archival clips of one of the greatest nights of my Muni life when they opened Spamalot, and, and uh, it had Eric Idle was poured, there. Yeah, it had poured rain for days, so it was really under rehearsed. Mm -hmm. It was really under rehearsed. Weren't they? Re wasn't uh, David Hyde Pierce reading his? No, no, no. It was, was John O'Hurley. John O'Hurley. He was he was good, but like Ben Davis was like they were all messing up their song, and they were it was so wet it was they were very tentative in the dances and so. Mm -hmm. But the joy I looked around because that show attracted a lot of guys, and it was Monty Python. Poured, I know, and it had poured so like like they were still wiping down the stage when we you know got there, mm -hmm. and. The look of joy, I looked around, the look of joy on these guys' faces to see, you know, the, them coming out with the sound of coconuts. Bring out your and, dead. And, uh, yeah, bring out your dead and all that. And then was, Eric Idle showed yeah, up. Yeah, and so then we're the curtain call, and all of a sudden, John O'Hurley just stops everything, and he goes, 
you know, thanks, blah, 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 blah. And then I would like to introduce uh, the uh, creator of this show and one of the founders of Monty Python, Eric Idle. And wow. everybody went nuts. And Eric Because Idle, it wasn't announced and nobody knew it. Right. And he comes out and he said he thought he was just going to be sitting in his hotel room watching it rain. And uh, he said that the Muni audience was the first time the show had ever been outside. Outside, It was the largest audience to ever see it. And he goes, I would like you all to sing with me so uh, that maybe we could get in the Guinness Book of World Records. And so he led everybody in singing Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. And I Which turned, is from yeah. Life of Brian. Right, I know, yep. but it's now the number one song at funerals. <laughs> I know. I know. I, it, yeah. it is one of their better songs. Of course. And, and, and it, I understand why it's in spam a lot, but I always go, you know, that's... And it's a great scene in Life of Brian when... It, how it it, it ends the movie? Yeah, absolutely. It is. And, and I did and, I did see no. Life of Brian at the movie theater, so I was familiar with it. But that is a trivia question I, a lot. Your point is that you know that that song is forced. Uh, they shoehorned it into what you to know, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, basically. But they, but the spam a lot didn't. Uh, but Holy Grail didn't have any songs. <laughs> well, it did. It oh had, yeah, the, the, the yeah there the was like Camelot water. song. Yeah. yeah, but you know, yeah. So so no, they they shoehorn in the most popular song uh, of a different movie. And it's like well, uh, no, did, I I think my favorite. Well, they have a whole album, Monty Python sings. I know, and but that's not every there. sperm is sacred is actually my favorite song. Oh, from, okay, from uh, Meaning of Life. Well, okay, point of order then. Right. But uh, you know the the um, you know the, did you guys know there's Rocky the musical there was a few yes. years ago Andy Carl and, was really good yeah and I got the CD from the library just because just I you had know, to hear it I, I had to hear it yeah and there's a song called at least my nose ain't broke uh, and, and 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 is there a song called Yo Adrian I probably there has to and, be yeah at least my nose ain't broke is is a song and I, you know honestly I love Rocky and the whole thing this musical's just it borders on pretty embarrassing and they shoehorned into the first rocky narrative eye of the tiger which is from rocky three rocky three which Do is they, all about getting back up to, right because he you know because he was a shill and he had to get back and and you know who teaches him how to do that yeah apollo, apollo creed <laughs> yeah which doesn't make any sense at all being no. in you know but they shoved it in there right and no, just, is living in america in there too from they, rocky four no thankfully that's not in there but uh yeah that they might as well put that in too because mm-hmm. yeah but uh the, the composers know, the of tiger. that score lynn flaherty and stephen aarons they wrote Susical and they wrote Ragtime. Is Bill Conti's Rocky theme in there? Of course. Okay. Uh, they won the Tony for set, by the way. They So Rocky the Musical is a Tony winner. <laughs> yeah, it did. It, it won. But actually, it Andy Carl, Andy Carl, who <laughs> is Unlike a, in real Rocky. What? Shh. Andy Carl, who is a great Broadway actor, he sang one of the songs on Letterman, and it was fabulous. Okay. And it was the ballad about he's going to get up and blah, blah, blah. And it was really powerful. Down, is it called Down for the Count? Yeah. He, I forget <laughs> I forget what it's forward. called. I forget what it's called. But he was nominated for the Tony. He was a Southpaw until Rocky for too. Rocky. But I'm just saying, uh, Spamalot is a joy. It's oh, a joy to it watch. Is. It's so much fun. To see the joy on people's faces watching it is just as fun as experiencing it. I did see, because I'm old enough, I did see Holy Grail when I was in college. Mm-hmm. and all I saw Holy and, Grail and, with John Cleese last year. Oh, wow. Or two years ago. Oh, wow. Well, I had turned to my friend, 
uh, in when Eric Idle came out, and I go, we're in the presence of a python. I mean, when does that happen in St. Louis? Um, you know, when I got when, to meet when, John yeah, Cleese. <laughs> so, well, that's why as excited it's as a big I was deal. for Eric. Well, yeah, for you. Did you go to the Did you go to the cast party that night? So you could meet Eric Idle? No. You, sh- you have that. You should have done that. You are kicking yourself now because you could have gotten up? it. He was at the cast party. Oh. He was. I found out I found out from my wife and daughter that he was at the cast party. They did not go either because my daughter, of course, was underage and still was. But, like, they have all the kid cast members come to the mm. cast party afterwards. Yeah. It's always over in that one she, pavilion. I talked to cast members. You're not members, supposed to talk. To, okay. You're not supposed to say where it is. Okay. She, she, could have, she could have blended in with those children and, yes. and been part of the riffraff, you know. Well, yeah, I, yeah. sometimes if I want to meet people, I'll meet them, and sometimes I just go yeah, on my way because it's like I'm not going to intrude on their fun. Eric Idle, you could have. I, that's why I was happy to. I stood in line to meet John Cleese for a long time, and he loved my daughter, stuck his finger in her ear. Well, that's weird, Carl. Well, it's. John Cleese, I guess 75 years old. Yeah, he's 75 years old, and he's from a different country. Those are their ways, their strange ways over there. She made him laugh. Well, during the, pand- yeah, during the pandemic, people have been using the Ministry of Silly Walks mm-hmm. and had you know people doing silly walks and things like that. So we need a little python here and there. Uh, uh, who was the voice of God in the Muni production of Spamalot? Oh, I'm sorry. He's 80 now. Speaking of John Cleese, because he was the voice of God when the show opened when I saw it at the Fox. Mm -hmm. I saw it there, too. Uh, And they gave out spam, little spam sandwiches in the parking lot, like a food truck. It's just pork. That's I know it's a delicacy a, in in it's Hawaii. It's pork shoulder and ham. Not a big selling point. <laughs> well, in <laughs> Hawaii, just a part no, of the Hawaii <laughs> loves it. Hawaii has it for. But a you, if you breakfast. fry it, it's just a bologna sandwich. Uh-huh. Right. All right. Um, we so, need to move on. Right. We're moving on. But who was the voice of God in the spam lot? Wasn't it Eric Idle? No, it was Bob Costas. Oh, was it? Yes. Talking about St. Louis here. Connections. Still lives okay, here. so uh, speaking of HBO, Jojo Rabbit, which mm-hmm. was also in my top ten, um, we have two great documentaries. One is called The Weight of Gold. It's about the Olympic athletes, uh, their mental health issues. After- the one review I heard about it, it should have been a Last Dance ten-part documentary. It's I hear it's too short. Yeah, it's only an hour. It is only an hour, and it already and it's produced by Michael Phelps. Yes, and he he, he narrates. And it. he also said. The review I read also said that if you think you're going to get some Olympic stories, there should be a warning because there's a there's suicide and there's depression and that they should have had a warning before you watched it because if you think you're watching some sports documentary, it is not necessarily happy. Well, but happy it's good about addressing mental health issues and that they are real. They're val- their stories are valid. True. Apollo Ono. Yeah. And uh, Michael Phelps, uh, one of the athletes is from St. Louis, Gracie Gold, the figure skater. So I wanted to point yeah. that out. All righty. So well, I, I, Emmys, I, I wanted to just say uh, I'm really happy that uh, the Mandalorian uh, 15. got racked, a big 
bunch of surprise Emmy uh, nominations. Ex- except the child is not nominated as. Yeah, well. Because the know. child's a special fact. And I don't an know how much of that it'll actually win. But well, uh, Watchmen up for 26. Exactly. That's the other one I wanted to bring up. I, I don't see, like Lynn said, I, you know, TV is the casualty in our schedules uh, as film critics often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I made Do you a have point, nine hours to watch Watchmen? I made a point of watching Watchmen. It is so good. It is so good. And, you know, particularly as a fan of the graphic novel, which I hope most people are um i i'm glad that the movie cut out all of the pirate stuff the well that's referenced in the show in the new show but um, well, but also they the dvd has uh, the whole cartoon of the pirate it's yeah. it's still in them it's still a it's part still of part of that tangent right yeah well that's the movie though, but max max refuses to watch our buddy max voise mm-hmm. max on movies refuses to watch watchmen because he says it's not watchmen the hbo one yes well he really ought to watch it because i know he but he says he he he'll come around i, I felt the same way when they announced it i was mm-hmm. like what is this and but i told him at least watch the first episode so you can because that was the thing that brought the tulsa massacre back yeah, into it really the world i, I lexicon. dare i say carl on those lines it's an important show mm-hmm. and the emmys know it and, and that's they, why it was nominated for 26 it's, emmys it's so well done and it is uh Great cast. It's a sequel. Mm-hmm. It's a sequel, and it's it's a fantastically done. And, I, and I, Dave Gibbons is okay with it. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't have. Uh, but Alan Moore doesn't care. No, Alan Moore's Alan Moore. He's forget about that. But uh, he's not okay with any adaptation of his work. So, right. You know. Well, um, he is at first, and then he's not. Yeah, yeah. But Dave Gibbons is the artist of the graphic novel, and th- this is a sequel to the graphic novel, not the movie. Correct. Uh, because the endings are different. Yes. So anyhow, uh, just a shout out for Watchmen and anybody who hasn't seen that, talking about HBO Max and Emmys. Nine episodes. Um, this and is something I've actually seen that's relevant. Now, and also the Mandalorian documentary series is also fantastic. I love that. I love that. I love it. And the first episode is when Dave Filoni, uh, one of the co-creators, he, he talks about why Phantom Menace matters. And it's this like, five or six minute little little impassioned speech that he gives uh, uh, about wh- why that movie, about children yeah and and why these it's movies aren't made for you <laughs> so important and you know anyway uh, it's it's very mo- it's weirdly moving that, that mm-hmm. you know and they all stop there and they're all mm-hmm. accomplished directors and producers I don't know why Kathleen Kennedy's in in with the directors but right. They all stop to listen to what Dave Filoni has to say yeah. because he worked with George. He is the heir apparent to George, honestly, creatively speaking. Mm-hmm. He's the next. And like you, he likes his cowboy hats. He really does. I, I appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, bring back the hat, folks. <laughs> and, and they still haven't announced when the new series is going to be, but they have announced that it is in the can already. And yeah. so. Oh, and if you are amazed at what The Mandalorian did, watch the documentary. You'll see how it was made and the whole – it is the future of filmmaking. It really is. It's And that's that, how they can that, make crowds. That's not hyperbole. Um, it's, it's a major – The dome. The vault. Yeah. If you were to map out like four or five major leaps in visual effects history throughout the whole history of cinema – what they're doing on Mandalorian is one of them. Mm-hmm. It's it's they tr- so, they started. Right. Favreau started with Jungle Book, 
and then took it right. to another level with Mandalorian. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, it's it's the technology exists and the documentaries about Mandalorian do make it sound like they just created everything and it's all them. I, they, I, that, that they refined be, it. That, yeah, I think it's fair to say they kind of maybe perfected it and had the resources but you can't to tell. really put the shine on that thing with a Star Wars show, but with Disney right. money behind it. Uh, so, yes, this matters. It does. All right. Well, Lynn? there's a couple other uh, um, St. Louisans with Emmy nominations or uh, c- connections. We do have Sterling K. Brown, yes. who again is nominated for This Is Us. He's he's just usually now the only one, except uh, oh my God, what's his first name? Ron uh, Ron Funches. No, the guy that plays his dad, William. Uh, uh, I don't watch This Is This Is Us. Okay, so anyway, uh, that and then Kate uh, 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 Blanchett is nominated for f- playing Phyllis Schlafly in Mrs. America. Is it yes, St. Louis connection. No, oh, well, first Laffley was. Okay, got yeah, it. yeah. Copy that. So, right. so there's that, <laughs> and then that's the Hulu one, and okay. then um, uh, getting back to the Muni Variety Show that's going to be Monday at eight fifteen, and then repeated on Thursday and never to be seen again. John Rua of the Hamilton cast mm. is going to be in a dance number. Ron Cephas Jones is who you're thinking. Yeah, of. that's it, because his daughter's the one that plays Peggy. In Hamilton. Oh, and in and, Acts 2. Uh, and, and the tart. Yes. The what, Mrs. Reynolds or whatever mm-hmm. her name is. Um, the I should have said no to this. Yes. So basically, uh, if you are looking for something for your kids, Metro Theater Company online, go to metrotheatercompany.org. Uh, they are going to show a kid's play about racism on mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday. And it's a, it's a national initiative. It's not a local product. But you can see it for free if you go to metrotheatercompany.org. And also, Metro Theater Company has partnered with Missouri Historical Society to do stories from the pandemic. And I watched their, uh, it was only about 15 minutes the other night, their first one (laughs) called Early Days. (laughs) And uh, so so they're taking stories, like you can go to the Missouri Historical Society website and you can go to Metro website and you can share your story. Good. So I watched this and then I watched this, then I went for a walk. Uh, I decided to do a little cooking. I thought maybe I should clean. I thought, no, I'm just going to watch here's, this. Here's my story. Yeah, and that's my story from the pandemic. And then I well, went to the grocery store. Yeah. One of the, one, well, the one I watched was really good. It was about the families coping and then connecting through Zoom. Okay. It was one person's birthday, and then the grandpa had come back from a vacation and he did quarantine. So it's about the family. I don't know about you guys, but the positive, the only positive, I think, of this experience has and maybe your family's different, but my family's scattered uh, on each coast. So we do Zoom calls, not exactly weekly, but for special things. Uh-huh. And we've all gotten closer together just by sharing stories on Zoom and just seeing everybody. And then we do have texts every day. And what's so funny is my one nephew shows us what he eats every day. <laughs> wow. Well, that that's one that's thing to do during the pandemic. Yeah, Let's so eat. Tales but, from the pandemic. But, All right. You know. Where can we find you, James? Well, I said zekefilm.org. Uh, I also write for another site called Screen Anarchy, where I review uh, Criterion Collection releases and uh, occasionally new films. Uh, so that's screenanarchy.com. That's a, that's a big 
uh, well-known site that some people might know about. And then my own site, Zeke Film again, and I'd like everybody to go there. That's Jim so, Tudor. Uh, He's yeah. the president of the St. Louis Film Critics Association. Yeah, Thank you very much me. I, for keeping us all in line. Yeah, I'm, I'm not watching money movies. They might throw Shh, me out. Don't tell, don't oh, tell anybody. Oh, oh, we, yeah. We'll just keep it. We, 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 uh, we uh, you know, we have that. We, um, Lynn, say I'll, nothing. I'll get caught up. I'll get caught up. Don't worry, you guys. We can recommend some for you. Yes, right, we you can. Just, you just did. My name is Carl Middleman. You can find me on, well, I'm going to be on Maximum Movies next week, but you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Carl the Intern, and I'm on the Intercom family of radio stations. Young, you young lady? Hi, Lynn Van House. I'm on all the socials, but I have my own website, poplifestl.com. I can be found on the Webster Kirkwood Times online site, and I'm with Ray Hartman every Thursday from 10.30 to 11 on KTRS, the Big 550, St. Louis in the Know. You can go find it on SoundCloud, and we... SoundCloud. Um, SoundCloud. Uh, SoundCloud under St. Louis in the Know. And then... Our Real Time Trio podcast is available on iTunes, iTunes. and SoundCloud. Yes. So look on for both. so look for it if you want to hear us talking showbiz. This is the big time. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. We're is down. the backlog there? Because I believe so. Yes. Some of, some of my my own favorite uh, appearances are yes. Are, are, yes. Yeah. You you're on them. Oh good. Yes. I'm and so happy. and my yes. my website has the whole catalog. Ah. Oh good. Well, yeah. that's I'm glad these things are living on. Yes. Yes, and we have a Facebook page, Real Time Trio oh, we do? Podcast. I didn't. I'm not on Facebook, so I don't know. Well, your wife uh, likes it every week. So. Oh, well, <laughs> that's, nice that's good. Her. That's nice of her. It's all Facebook is rough nowadays. Yep. I I don't enjoy much of it. I it's it's all politics. So whenever I drop a movie review, um, it's like it's like a tree falls in the forest and nobody knows kind of it's like just if I, if you're not talking politics it, it's kind of pointless so right. I do hope people uh, make an exception for these things yes well thank you all thanks for coming we'll talk again thank you all too have a nice uh, start of August and uh, we'll see you soon rabbit rabbit uh, stay safe be careful take care <laughs>